What's going on, everyone? It's Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com coming back with another episode of the RMR Podcast. Today, joined by special guest George Sadler of Gelato. How you doing today, George? I'm good, good. Thank you. Yeah, man, we're, we're just talking about the, the Pacific Northwest a little bit offline, man. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm up here in this this beautiful weather in the PNW. I know you're down there in California. But before we get too deep into anything, I start off every episode with our guest origin story around the plant, the plant being cannabis. So whether that's personal, professional, a mix of both, man, whatever you choose being vulnerable and sharing, just kind of curious when, when you and cannabis started your relationship. You know, I did this not too long ago, and it's kind of weird to talk about, but I, I was around 11 years old. Much as I hate to say it, it was around 11 years old. And, you know, I had older brothers, and, um, you know, I was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was touched at, a, uh, like, 11. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I mean, and, you know, and, and that's only a couple years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm now 55. But, um, yeah, my brothers were very uh, influenced. And, and, um, and, of course, you know, when you, when you grow up with, with uh, seven kids in your family and my older brothers, you know, a couple of them were a bit older. So we, we had some, a big generation gap there. But I, uh, I got into their, their, uh, their fun stuff. And, um, you know, so we all, we all lived together. My dad built a built a, a, a bedroom and um, and my three brothers and I were uh, were all in the same room, which was kind of crazy now that I look back at it, but that's what we did. And he, he had taken the garage and converted it to, to a bedroom. And so I was exposed to a lot of things at a young age and, um, you know, better or worse or however you want to look at it. I'm glad it was that and not other things, but uh, yeah, I was around 11 years old when I had my first cannabis experience. First Kindle, yes, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little bit younger. You know, I say that the average age on here is around, you know, fifteen. So that's a, a little bit on the younger side. But you know, I always ask that question because I just feel like it. There are different stories. You know, people come from different backgrounds and different experiences, and and everything normalizes the plant. Whether it's eleven, fifteen, forty-one, you know, we we get people on here that that come from different perspectives. Um, what what time did what? Well, what, what time I mean, I I wasn't I wasn't an avid consumer at eleven. That was my first experience, and sure. Um, and and you know, keep in mind, my you know, my parents were they were kind of tiptoeing on the hippie side, and and whatnot and so you know we had a lot of exposure to that uh with my my family my parents and and they were very open about about that side of of cannabis so i mean it was it was definitely young but um you know i i don't discredit that to a lot of the uh the positions that i put myself in through my life and whether they're good or bad um i can tell you that i'm a big advocate with my family for cannabis and, and, um, we, we go that direction for a lot of different reasons and uh, whether it's, you know, having a headache or anxiety or, you know, kind of all of the above, um, or just recreational, having a great time and having fun and everybody kind of, uh, having a nice flow. So I'm a huge advocate for, for that across the board. What, at what point you start dipping your toes into the into the industry? So that that you know that's the ongoing story is is that I I smoked all the way through and I could tell you, um, you know where you're at 
the best weed that I ever that I ever smoked um, for most of my years was actually in Oregon. And um, I can tell you that, man, there's some amazing flower grown in the hills of Oregon. And, you know, and now, you know, legally, it's still probably is. I mean, I haven't been there for a bit, but some amazing flower grown up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and then, you know, some years down the road, I, I played that that part when my kids were growing up where I tried to hide it as much as possible. And, you know, my son, my son, Cody would, he, he, you know, six, seven years old, he'd come out, dad, what something smells in there, you know? And I, I was in the bathroom, you know, trying to hide it. And so I quit, honestly, I, I quit for a period of time. And, and then I realized, you know, that no matter what happens as you go through this life, you're going to have these experiences and, and, um, that dark side of cannabis was, uh, you know, at one point kind of embarrassing for me. And then I realized, you know, listen, this isn't, this isn't the, the, the problem that we have in our society that, you know, it's actually solves, I don't want to say solves, but it, 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 it helps people in, in a lot of those ways. And so ironically, my son was in his fourth year of college and, um, and he, you know, came into me with, the idea of growing marijuana that was in 2000 late 2010 and um and i said man you know four years of school and business and all this and this is where we're headed um <laughs> you know and that's honestly that's how it started you know cody cody came in and and i thought oh maybe this is just going to be kind of a phase and and um two three weeks later he came into my office and he had his medical card and he's like you know, I'm, I'm want to do this. So we started with six plants in a garage and long story short, we, you know, there's a lot of story in between that time and when we were growing and then, you know, from their delivery service and becoming one of the largest delivery services in Southern California. Um, I have no idea. I mean, we look back at this sometimes and I just got off the, him and I were out on a some meetings up in LA just now and you know, you just have these conversations. It's just crazy to see that you, you know, we went from there to doing about 150 million a year. Once again, it's not, this is not an overnight. There's 13 yeah. years in this and uh, people here, they're like, oh yeah, marijuana, you're rich. No, no, it, 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 it took a long time. And, um, and never having any funding from outside. We always did this on our own and I was never rich. So I didn't like walk in with a couple million dollars to throw at this. I mean, we, we went through a lot of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, 2000, late 2010 is when we, when we put the first plants in and we had no idea what we were doing. And, um, and we went from there, we sold that company almost three years ago and, and then we started Gelato. And so what, what was kind of the, the inspiration behind Gelato? Obviously you built in a couple of different verticals and, and built some pretty well-known brands. Um, what was the inspiration behind gelato and kind of, you know, both business wise and personally? So, you know, I mean, Cody and I thought we really consider ourselves not done in the industry by all means, because we've always had a, a hand on the industry. Um, but we really, um, we really struggled towards the end of that sale. And there's a lot to be said on that, um, that part of it with platinum vape, um, we, we really struggled on the end of that sale. And the ironic thing was, is that when we, 
when we finally closed out that whole deal, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a great, great thing for us. I'm not going to lie. I mean, we, we did really well in that. Um, when you consider what other people have done in the industry with, with sales, um, you know, we, we, we had a little bit in paper and we finalized that and had the buyout and, and, um, and we, rather than carry the paper, we, uh, we, we ended up getting cashed out on that as well. Um, and we were, we were just kind of saying, okay, let's, let's really take back and, and see where we want to go and, and what avenues we wanted to be in. We still had a lot going on in the cannabis industry outside of that as well. And, um, and then our employees, uh, they just weren't happy and we, you know, we left and they started knocking on our door and, and this is the truth. And, and, you know, we, um, we said, wow, you know, we weren't really ready to, to, to jump back into this and to build another brand. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's just a huge, huge process and huge undertaking. And then with the markets doing what they're doing and it was just like, you know, Cody, Cody said, man, do you, you know, do you have it in you? Do you, I said, yeah, you know, I, you know, if you want to do this, let's, let's do it. But I said, I, I'm not going to do it without, you know, without the right people. And, and they, uh, we, we had everybody kind of really kind of self-check because it's a, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And, um, so Cody and I literally spent every day for the next couple of weeks, um, sitting around with each other and just kind of really soul searching to figure out if it was something that we really wanted to, to jump back into. And, and, you know, and we kind of said, yeah, you know, if, if this team wants to do it, then let's, let's, let's pursue it. And so we had everybody come over and we said, look, you know, we want you guys to take a couple of days. And, and if, if this is something that you really want to do, understand that this is, this is a process. I mean, everybody knew cause they've been with us forever. And, um, we met the very next week right here, you know, in my house. And, and, uh, we said, if one person doesn't want to do this or doesn't have a hundred percent, then it's just not something that we're going to do. And, and they did. And here we are. <laughs> everybody, everybody pushed the chips everybody, to the center of the table. Every, man. Everybody, everybody jumped on and we said, all right, well, away we go. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been, I'm not going to lie, man. It's been a lot of, it, it's what's happened in this last, you know, 16 months has been nothing short of amazing. And, and, um, and our team is, our team is, um, they're unbeatable. From from top to bottom, um, it's it's just amazing. It's amazing to watch people grow. That's that's a big thing for us is is to see people grow. Yeah, I mean, and that teamwork aspect is is so important because when you look at you know starting a brand or a company, right? The idea phase is there's unlimited ideas out there. I could do this better. Or I have this cool idea. Like everyone's got a bajillion of those. But then taking that from idea to okay this is actually a a valid idea that we think is a lot of work and then executing it it, you know launching it is a whole nother you know (laughs) onslaught of sleepless nights that you're not paid for and then if you do catch momentum then it's like a whole nother hump of almost starting back at zero you know and and with you guys starting a new brand it was like starting i'm sure starting at zero and then understanding there's going to be a couple times in that process where the you know the grind does not stop yeah yeah. And that's, you know, you know, this, and that's exactly what I'm saying. It's a, it, 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 
people go, you know, you did this. Yeah, but that doesn't, you know, it's like having a one hit wonder. It doesn't because you did it doesn't give you any credibility towards doing it again. And so there's a lot of um, apprehension. There, it's just anxiety is, is huge on that level because, um, you know, we don't want to let anybody down and we have families that that rely on us. And, um, you know, so we had to make this commitment and then not to mention, you know, our own personal families, um, they they take a big hit when it mm -hmm. comes to to doing this. It's not it's not an easy feat. And I, I you know. I've been doing this for, for a little bit and I've watched people lose, you know, fortunes in this industry that thought that they were walking in the door of, you know, that that money tree that just shakes down. And it's it's so opposite of that. And it's always been kind of a frustrating thing for Cody and I, um, especially because, you know, people see things how they are now and they they believe that that's how it's been since we made this decision to get into cannabis and no matter how much you tell people it's so opposite they they think you're lying to them and that you're telling them something because you don't want them to to do no i want everybody to reap the benefits of of being involved in this in this plant and what the industry is is really allowing us to do but i also want people to understand how real this is as a business this isn't you know this isn't the days of you know, the compassionate care where, you know, people weren't paying their taxes and they had all this extra money. And, you know, that, that's not what this, what this is anymore. This is a business and, um, you know, it's, it's tough because you, you, you have to imagine having a business that is, it's hard enough as it is, but then to have all these people against you, taxes, all the, you know, the municipalities, the government, the, the, like all of this stuff are, are lightning strikes against you um, and you have to still run a business. Um, it, it's just I, the big thing for people and family and friends, they, they get it. But people get a few dollars in their pocket and then they come to the industry thinking that it's that gold rush. Mm -hmm. And um, man, I'm telling you, maybe it is in some ways, but you got to really you got to be thick skinned and you have to you have to really uh, be durable when it comes to, to trying to get something off the ground here. So, like I said, and, and so going back to that, it was amazing to us because we anticipated a, a three to four year run, um, to, to get anywhere within the ranks. And, um, you know, for us to now be in the top 10 again, um, and realistically, you know, within the seven or eight, um, in less than a year, we were we were hitting the that number. We're baffled, and sure. um, and and I think what we found out was that the cannabis is now wanting to have some fresh air and fun. And we, how we ended up with gelato, I have no idea. We had trademarked it. Um, how it was never taken, I have no idea. That was a big feat in itself and our attorneys were just like baffled and you know especially like trademark attorneys on something like that um and you know the what we've found through going through this process again is that people they they want this to have a grand experience in cannabis and be fun and now we're we're kind of in the open and um and so we've been really receptive to what people's wants and needs are as a brand. 
and um, not just the consumer, but also at the retail level. And um, I don't know. I mean, we're just we're really having a lot of fun with it, and um, and it seems to be ringing out quite well. And what are what are some of those things that you took, obviously, from building the, that that first company and exiting, right? Like taking some of those lumps, taking some of those wins, and internalizing that. And then, like you said, round two doesn't necessarily the path. To, to runway isn't necessarily easier because the consumer is not going to be able to distinguish all oh, this brands from from that brand. So there's immediate demand, right? You have to build demand. But what are some of those things that you took in those those wins and losses that 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 helped shaped either made made that runway a little bit shorter or just helped shape the decisions on this on this second brand launch? Yeah, I mean, I wish there was like a pinpoint, and I've I've been talking about this, and like like we're kind of trying to put our finger on the pulse as well. Of of I think the big thing is. If you if anybody understands the industry and right now what it's doing, I think we're in this we're in this cleansing. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And we're in this cleansing and, you know, taxes have been a real struggle for a lot of retailers and a lot of a lot of people because, you know, it, it's just been a big hit. And um, I think there was there was a um, the CDTFA put out a, um, a in bulletin or whatever you want to. I don't know what you call it where there was over 200 retailers in the state of California that did not make their tax base um, two months ago. And then they, and I don't know how they come up with these numbers, but they said they anticipate over 90% of them going out of business Mm. because of that. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of just unfortunate situations where these taxes that are, that are owed are, they're insane amounts of, of money and, and how you come back with that. I don't know. And then, you know, supposedly there's a, there's a dip in the industry and I don't think there's a dip. I, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're growing month over month and, and have been, I think what you're seeing is, is that there's a lot of open retail now. Uh, whereas each, you know, if you look at the municipalities and how they started, the licensing was very selective and minimal. And now they've opened up the floodgates on licensing. Licensing, so we're seeing a lot more stores across the board, and so the competition is much greater. And as a as a manufacturer, and also we own retail as well, um, we're not seeing a, a a real you know dip in here. We're seeing a, a lot more competition mm-hmm. across the board. So you know, I I don't know. I I can't I can't really put my finger on what exactly is happening, but I mean, cannabis is still, you know, still going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the same amount of people are smoking weed, if not more, Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, they, they, might, they might be spending less per transaction. And like you said, the competition aspect uh, popped up. And then obviously, you know, you just look at capital markets in general, you know, money was real cheap pre- previous to this last eight, eight or nine months. And so companies were in growth mode and didn't really prioritize, you know, positive cash flow. And when you move into this market, positive cash flow is life or death, you know? It is. And I think, I think you kind of hit it there too, is that money was really cheap. I mean, we never, we've never taken a dime. So I don't, we don't even know what it's like to raise money or to have that type of outside funding. It was always really confusing to us. Um, We had a lot of offers for, for funding and people wanting percentages, but we just never, we just never accepted it. We we never needed it because we, we lived within our means and we, um, we, we stayed on that path of growth that worked for us and not what what we believed everybody else 
wanted. But I think you're right. I think, you know, there's <clears throat> there was a lot of money that was that was put in front of a lot of these people, a lot of retailers growing, expanding at rates that were just unbelievable. And they, you know, I didn't even know what a tranche was until about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and so the tranches would keep coming, but they had to hit these numbers. And then I think what's happened in a lot of cases is they didn't hit the numbers and those tranches kind of fizzled out. And then all of a sudden you get hit with taxes and all these things. And you were anticipating that, you know, six, eight, $10 million, you know, nugget coming in. And now they're holding back on those because you're not hitting those numbers. It's just, it just starts a kind of a domino effect. And so, you know, I, I give, I give all the credit as I have continuously to my son being, um, very very good with money and i did this for my whole life i i you know i've been in businesses my whole life and um and then when we got to this point with my son we you know i had said you know look you you handle that side of it i just want to i just want to spend it i just want to <laughs> so so he uh he's very good about keeping me in line with uh what we're where we're at and um and so he, and he's never known anything about lending and you know people you know throwing money at at us um so we just kind of always stayed within our means and there's never been you know never been a i don't cross that line when it comes to uh battling him about money because he's he's i think he's i think he's proven himself to be much better than i am with money so <laughs> it works let the young man cook so i i know you said uh no, you said you you were operating in delivery, you know, back back in the earlier days. Um, but yeah. obviously, you guys have have the dispensary now. Is this you guys? Is this your first entry in, into retail? Oh no, no, no. So I mean, that's what I was saying. Like the the story we were talking about a little bit offline is, you know, we go back and we start our first grow. We 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 had six plants in in our garage, and 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 that turned into the fact that we couldn't sell because people thought we were cops. Um, and back then, you know, there wasn't a lot of brick and mortar. It was mostly delivery. So we started a delivery service. And within six months, we were doing 80 to 100 deliveries a day. Um, and I've gone through every game. I mean, I mean, it was my son and myself. And we were driving around in our cars. And people would call this number. And they thought that you would have thought that we were the biggest corporate company in the world. And we were doing deliveries right out of our house. And um, it was really kind of a, kind of a funny story. And. Then we went to where, you know, we hired friends to drive and, um, and then we started a little office and, um, about a year, year and a half after we started, um, we had somehow we had a line on a, on a retail, um, that we started ourselves up in Oceanside and that went, you know, from the start where we couldn't get somebody to even come to our door for probably three weeks uh and then we went to where we were doing six seven hundred people a day and um at that, that time we made a, a, a bigger cultivation and um so we went from the the delivery still doing deliveries much larger cultivation first retail store about a year and a half in and um and then we opened up um we had four retail locations and one was in Oceanside, one was in Pacific Beach and then Chula Vista and La Mesa. 
And it just kind of spiraled from there. You know, I mean, we, we just continued to put everything back into this company. And, you know, you understand back then people were getting raided and you, you know, it's, you lose everything at the drop of a hat. So it's, it's kind of like being on the craps table. That's why I, way, the way I looked at it back then is, you know, you don't make any money unless the money's on the table. And, um, and that's how we looked at it. And we reinvested every single dime that we had back into it. And it could be delivery. And then it, we felt like diversifying was huge for us because if something got busted, we would still hopefully have something else on this side. And then eventually we uh, we started manufacturing, and that's a whole other side of that. I mean, we've been I've been robbed, my you know robbed at the store. I've been robbed at gunpoint and doing deliveries at knife and just stuff that you know most people I'm so happy will never have to go through in this industry. Um, you know, if they if they played it out really well. Uh, but I mean, we had friends that have been robbed and shot, and you know just horrible things that you can't imagine i was never in that background either but it was part of what we unfortunately didn't plan for but you know having a retail location and you know people robbing us at nighttime and closing and it, it's just you know one of the one of those things and eventually we we shut down the cultivation side and we started focusing on manufacturing and then uh we ended up selling our all of our stores at that time we sold them to uh, to a group of guys and um, and went full into manufacturing and that's how we started Platinum Vape back in the day and and um, and then we wound down the delivery service at the same time and then we were 100% manufacturing and we had a really rough go and that was a big problem for us in the beginning was we thought we really made a mistake because we weren't good at manufacturing <laughs> at all at all. And so we finally hired some some really good chemists and and figured out that side of it and really started marketing and you know we went to that and it, it's a you know it's thirteen years of of yeah. really just working and throwing, learning throwing shit at the wall seeing what sticks oh, you know if um, we I've I've lost so much money in this industry that I, you know and doing just that throwing shit at the walls and we were just kind of talking about it today too like man the money that we've lost in this you know we're so fortunate to be um you know to to get through that that side of it um and a lot of people that that didn't and the the benefit always comes back to us is that we never owed anybody money and so when we took a hit we didn't you know we we would feel it uh, miserably but we didn't have somebody on the back side of us going, okay, where's my money? Um, so really lucky for that part, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the things I want to ask too is being an entrepreneur that, that's obviously you started multiple companies, multiple brands, dabbled in all these verticals. I think one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is again, back to that, like the idea is so easy, right? Like coming up with the idea is easy. The execution and building something that works and momentum is a whole nother story. But being an entrepreneur, you know, we're plagued, you know, we might be plagued with having done something of taking an idea and putting it in motion, right? Having done that, you want to replicate it. But the idea part is the, is, the, is the funnest part. How do you kind of keep yourself in check from not chasing too many shiny objects and kind of staying focused at, at the task at hand? Well, I'll tell you how. When you realize how much money 
you you lose on those shiny objects <laughs> it makes it easier to to kind of turn you know what i mean it's kind of like that 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 fish in the pond that has been caught and released enough that he doesn't chase that lure so much anymore mm -hmm. now, honestly it's it's a, it's a money it all comes down to a money thing i'll be honest with you um it, those shiny objects are if it's too good to be true it's too good to be true there's a lot to be said about that and um, and yeah, we've learned, um, we've learned a lot on that. And uh, I mean, and I mean, immensely have, um, taken some big hits. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, we, um, we really, Cody and I, um, we consult with our team a lot, um, a lot. And then Cody and I, we spend a lot of time just ourselves going through each one of these phases of things that we're doing and sometimes he'll go oh you want to do that remember what happened here and i go oh shit, yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so it really it really does benefit to have um to have a, a second person involved and then our team that can remind us of yeah you guys remember that mistake that we made remember that that one really hurt yeah um, because you do, you get caught up in this and, and the biggest thing is, is fast growth, slow down. I can tell if I gave anybody any advice in this industry, it's slow down. There's no rush. There really isn't a rush and, and, and go at your own pace and, and grow at your own pace. Don't worry about everybody else around you and what everybody else is doing, because it's all smoke and mirrors. When you look at what these big big companies are doing it's all smoke and mirrors i hate to say it but they're just there there isn't a lot of truth in unfortunately a lot of this stuff that's going on in the big big side of this cannabis stuff and and we've we've kind of seen that we've been able to live through that and see um that the money there's a lot of fake money in this industry mm -hmm. um you can't you can't take those numbers that these big companies are doing um they're gaining a lot of ground in, in some ways but they're losing a ton more because the the there's no there's no money there at that level when you see these guys getting you know 30 40 50 million dollars what are they doing with it <laughs> you know what i mean what, cody and i sat back and we said you know we we've had people that wanted to give us 10 15 million dollars to, to you know for a percentage of the company i said what, what do you cody goes what would we do with it what do you do with $15 million? You know, I mean, it. I, I, I understand a lot of people go, oh, I would do this and this and this, but that's not, there's, there's no truth to that. You can't grow that fast in this industry. And, um, and so there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, honestly. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the industry, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely something we see and, and more and more reports come out every day seeing this, you know, given, given validation to that statement um in, in regards to your guys' growth like you said you're growing month over month um yeah. and i know you attributed attributed a lot of that to the team what are some of the other things you feel like in terms of just like listening to the market and and, and by listening to the market kind of what are what are some of those metrics you do to just gauge you know feedback on what you're doing and then just find those gaps and opportunities within the market itself well you know i mean we always we always use the analogy of 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 an airplane and um you know, you're only as good as the, the the team that works with you on that plane. And we're just the pilots. And, you know, I know it sounds maybe a little trivial, but 
that's that's how we 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 judge this and we appreciate the fact that you know our team is allowing us to be in the front of this and fly it and you know everybody everybody behind us is is wanting to make sure that we take off and land safely and 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 that's that's what our job is but it goes so much deeper than 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 just cody and i and and with the team that you have there's a lot of trust that goes into that and um and so you know we we really feel like having first of all we are very involved we're in the office every single day we're not we're not these owners that are you know don't get me wrong i love to gallivant around but you know at one point we had a couple of jets and we don't go anywhere so you know we had them in a charter service and it sounds great you know all that stuff sounds great but it's not us we are so involved with everything that goes on in this company um and that's the great thing is that they that our, our team knows i mean all the way down i think we're right now we're probably just right around 150 employees every single person that works for us or with us what we like to say has our phone numbers they have 100 percent direct access to us at any given time of the day nobody's ever turned away we have an open door policy if you're not in a meeting your door is open it, that 100 percent um we we don't have closed doors and we we allow anybody and, and and so you know if we're walking through any of our facilities um we don't want employees that are like oh shit there's the owners you know mm-hmm. no we're just like anybody else you know and we're we're just the pilots on this plane and we want everybody to be comfortable to ask us questions to say hey what's up and not be like Oh, Mr. Sadler, you know, I, I shun all that. Um, this is how we dress. If you see 90% of the time, I I get shit all the time because I wear a white V-neck or a black V-neck. I don't, that's what I have. That's what I have. There's nothing, there's nothing super crazy about it. But we pay attention to not only what our team's needs are, the thing that we've found mostly in this last year and a half, two years, as we were tailing out the last business is the needs of the, of, of the whole, of the, the retailers. We, everybody t- tends to forget that, you know, what are their needs? What do they need from us as a, as a, as a manufacturer and as somebody that's going to partner with them. And so you will see for us, we're, we're partnered in every angle that we can, whether it's billboards, any type of print, um, social media, we share those costs with everybody. And, and we look at this as, as the retailers go, you know, because we have them as well. What, what are the needs? They need people to partner with, you know, um, they need somebody that's going to be a partner, you know, shoulder to shoulder to sell these brands. And, um, and so that's, that's what we do. You know, our sales team knows they, 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 they get with the buyers, they get with the owners, we do as well. We we hold relationships with everybody and we want to understand what are their needs. And it's not just today, it's tomorrow, it's next week. How do we grow with you and how do we help you grow? And um, that's been a huge response for us as this company, Gelato, people um, are really taking, um, taking a better look at who we are um, and how we can help. And then the biggest thing is the delivering. 
is is when somebody says, hey, you know what? I mean, we could really use some help in this in this portion of what we're doing. We're there. And, um, you know, just had an experience just just recently where, you know, we've had a store that got robbed. And I understand it, it can be it can be damaging for for stores to, to lose an inventory like that. And then as a brand, most other brands jump up and go, well, you know, you still owe me money. And I'm sorry that that happened. But how are you going to pay me? Whereas our side of it and our sales team knows immediately, how can we help you guys? Hmm. And they're like, whoa, what do you mean? How can you help? We just got robbed. I can't pay you right now. I understand that. So what are we going to do? How are we going to move off of this? What do you mean? You know, they, what do you mean? What are we going to do? Well, how can we help you guys? We send over a $10,000 order for free here. Let's get this thing rolling again. Yeah. You know, well, we still owe you guys this. I said, I understand that. But if we can't get you back on track, how are we going to generate money to get us paid? And people, I mean, we have people that just go, what's the catch? Well, there's no catch. We're not in this for next week. We're in this for next year, the year after. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you take a hit, we'll take a hit with you. Let's get some product back in the stores on the shelf immediately. And we'll deal with that stuff down the road. People, I mean, and this is, the, that's just one type of what I'm talking about and how we deal with these stores. And the same thing's happening with these taxes. I go, I, I understand you got a problem, but what are we going to do? You know, I'm not going to come hammer you for the money. I, you know, we, yes, we want to get paid, but we got to figure it out. It's been a huge success for us on, on that level. I don't listen. I don't have the money to just throw around. Like, you know, people might think, but I also, I want to get paid and me hammering somebody that is already down doesn't, doesn't help and you know you're going to be here five years from now we want to be here too so let's figure out how we can make this work that's been probably a bigger aspect for us to 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 move forward in the industry humanize those relationships and and, and build it off of like that just that relationships man yeah uh, George, well, I, I really, I really appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you breaking down some of your your insights and how you guys approach the game for people out there that are interested. GelatoCanna.com or GelatoRetail.com for the dispensaries. Anything else you want to plug before I get you up out of here, man? No, we're good. Thank you. I mean, listen, I appreciate every minute I can get on this. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you. This is the RMR podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe somewhere underneath George's face. Go ahead and mash that. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, make sure to favorite it. Check it out. Check out another episode. Stay tuned for future episodes. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. We got more content coming. Well, it's the end of the week, so probably not this week, but check back in with us next week for new episodes uh, and new content every single day of the week at respectworegion.com. Appreciate you.